0: Hi and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonholm and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. I really am excited this morning to preach this message that I've got on my heart. And uh, if you do have your Bible, the Scripture I really want to start with and sort of build from is found in 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to pick up in verse four. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay because it's on the screen as well. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse four says this. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. This morning, the title of my message that I'm going to be preaching is to God be the glory, to God be the glory. Let's pray. Lord, we just, we just honor you. And we really do. We just recognise that you're at work. And we just humble ourselves, Lord. Lord, we can see that you're at work in our church and through our people, God. And We just know that there is more, always more in you for the world around us and for each of us as individuals. And I just pray, God, more than just hearing a message today, God, that, that something would be activated and stirred in our own spirit. Lord, we thank you that you have called each of us, that you have given each of us gifts, Lord, they're all different, but it is the same Spirit. Lord, there are different workings, but it is the same Spirit and power that we move in as we work. And so I pray, God, not for my words, but for the Holy Spirit to be speaking and stirring your beautiful people who are here today and who are a part of our church. God, we just ask you right now to be present over this next little while. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Throughout my whole life, uh, I have been known, as you would have been, by my name, right? You're known by your name. I've been known as Tim, Timothy, (laughs) Timmy, (laughs) when I was a younger man. And this name has sort of been sort of how people identify me. It's what I'm recognised by. It's how I know, you know, when I'm being called, my name is such a big part of my identity. But Lacey this year started school. And the interesting thing about Lacey's school is that in Lacey's school, I don't have a name. (laughs) I'm Lacey's dad. And I walk into that school and it's like, hey, Lacey's dad, (laughs) you know, Lacey's dad. Even the teachers are like, oh, that's Lacey's dad. And I don't have, I am nameless in Lacey's school. Most people don't know my name. Most teachers don't know my name. They don't need to because they know my daughter. And I am Lacey's dad. You know, uh, in the Bible, we know the names of the great Bible characters. We know their names. You know, Peter, James, and John, you know, we can tell stories about their life. And the Bible recounts time and time again things that they've done. You know, Mary, the one who carried Jesus, wow, we know her name. There are all of these stories in the Bible, Old Testament as well, David, uh, Abraham, and Sarah. You know, we know the names of some of these greats in the Bible. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul. We know about Paul, and you know, there are throughout Christian history, there have been thousands, tens of thousands, who knows how many people who have spent their life studying Paul. He is so well known, his name is so well known. These are truly great people that God has worked powerfully through. But what's remarkable is that. When we read the Bible, for every name that is well-known, there are names that get a simple mention. There are names that come and go, referenced once. But these people had no less significant role in the purposes of the church. You know, this whole thought came to me when I was doing a devotional time just over a year ago, and I was reading in Acts chapter 17, About when Paul goes to Thessalonica and he goes there, and this riot breaks out, and these people are out to get Paul, right? And it says in Acts chapter 17, verse 5 to 7, it says, They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. And I started to think, Who's Jason? interestingly Paul wasn't there and it says this but when they did not find them they dragged Jason and some of the other believers before the city officials shouting these men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here and Jason has welcomed them into his house (laughs) who's Jason So I'm like, I'm going to do a search in the Bible for Jason. (laughs) Jason is the Aussie writer. Jason is only mentioned once more in the Bible in this long list that we're going to go through in a second in Romans chapter 16 when Paul talks about his fellow workers, people who are working hard for the Lord. And I started to think about Jason and how he is an amazing man. He opened up his house in Thessalonica in a place where there was persecution, where there was oppression. And he said, no, my house is gonna be used to advance the kingdom of God. My house is gonna be a place where people can encounter and experience the presence of God. My house is gonna be a place where people hear the gospel and are transformed forever. Even to the point of Jason being dragged before the city officials and arrested. He was persecuted. You know, this is a man, he, he wasn't a Sunday Christian, can we say He wasn't somebody that would attend, check things out. He was all in. His life was laid down, yet we know very little about him. What's amazing is Jason is just one name of a long list of people who we read about in the early church who were so vital and so central to what God did and what God achieved throughout that region that we barely know about. The miracle of the early church is that all of these people had been activated, not just a few. I wanna go through this list in Romans chapter 16 and it's a long list. We won't be able to read it all, but I will have it up on the screen and I'd encourage you the whole chapter is this list of people that Paul just wants to honour and and greet and thank and and recognise for their incredible work. I just wanna pull out a couple of people. I wanna look at what their lives look like and how their lives were laid down. These people who are rarely preached about rarely talked about, who were in power, moving in power in the early church. Begins by saying, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church, goes on to say that she has been a benefactor of many people, including me. Here is this amazing woman who had the power of God and knew the call of God on her life to support and back and encourage and strengthen and resource the Gospel. And Paul would not have been as successful as he was at advancing the church without Phoebe supporting and carrying the weight that God had called her to carry. Goes on to say, Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful for them. Goes on to say in verse 6, greet Mary. Who get this worked very hard for you. This is a woman who just laid her life down to see people blessed, to see people experience the love of God, to see people set free. She was working hard. Verse 7: greet Andronicus and Genea, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. We glorify Paul for his time in prison, and he's an amazing man of God. He's one of my great heroes. And, I look forward to the conversations that I'm going to have with him one day. But these other fellow workers were also thrown into prison. They were also persecuted for their faith. They are outstanding among the apostles. And they were in Christ before I was. Here is Paul, the great Paul, saying, man, these guys are so incredible. In fact, I want to honour them. They, they knew Jesus before I did. They have been moving in power before I did. They are outstanding among the apostles. You know what he's saying? Man, these guys, they know him. They know the Word. They can preach a message. I wonder what kind of messages that Andronicus and Junia preached. They have preached some messages. I'll tell you what. They have preached some of the greatest messages you will never hear. <laughs> They didn't get recorded, but man, did it move the kingdom of God forward? Did it shift people's hearts? Did it activate people in the purposes of God? Verse 10 says, Greet appels, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Now I don't know what the test is. He doesn't explain the test, but we know there was a test. We're hearing about somebody who went through something that was a challenge, that was difficult, where they could have given up, but he withstood it. He overcame the challenges. This is a person who overstood the te- uh, withstood the test. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. Again, hardworking people. My dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Amazing. God had his hand on Rufus. He wasn't just a secondary role in the church. He was God's anointed, God's handrest, and his mother who was a mother to me as well. Thank God for Rufus's mum who was able to mother Paul because we have all benefited from Paul's writings and who he was had been shaped and cared for. He had been pastored by this woman. Her role in the church gets very little glory But all of us are benefactors of her role in his life. And it goes on to talk about all of these other amazing people. You know, these are remarkable people. These are people who laid down their life, who gave everything to God, who served their heart out, worked hard in the Lord, doing what it is that God had called them to do. They faced trials, they faced persecution, they were thrown in jail. They were dragged before the city. These are people who were sold out. They weren't just attenders. They were sold out to the purposes of God. They flowed in the anointing. The power was upon them. They were graced by God for the work which He had appointed them to. There are many gifts, but the same Spirit. And God was at work in the church. And His hand was on each of these people to go and do what God called them to do. You know, what's amazing about each of these people is that very few, probably none of them, were exclusively devoted uh, for, for most of their life to preaching and to some of these um, you know elevated roles that we sometimes look at, thinking that that is ministry. You know, we, we read about one of them that Paul mentioned there, Priscilla and Aquila, a couple that Paul mentioned about Priscilla and Aquila. The reason that he was... He was um, he knew them was because they were fellow tent makers. He literally says, "I went to uh, when I went to this place. I went there, and they were fellow tent makers. So I stayed with them and worked with them." Here's Paul in this place that God's called him to go, working as a tent maker, preaching when he's not working, working when he's not preaching. And so are these incredible workers. And if you know anything about Priscilla and Aquila, they had a massive role in raising up the next generation of young preachers in Apollos who went to do great exploits for God and see the church move forward. We also hear about a woman called Lydia that Paul rocks up to Philippi and he's like, all right, let's find the synagogue. (laughs) And the Bible sort of teaches us that there were probably not enough Jewish men in that city for there to be a synagogue. And so they go down to the river and there's a group of devout women who were on the Sabbath down there to pray. And he starts sharing the gospel with them. And Lydia, boom, something comes alive. And her heart comes alive and she says yes to God. And she says, if, if you consider me a believer, if you consider me somebody who has faith, please come to my house. And do you know what? The church in Philippi that the book is written to began in her home after she had an encounter by the side of a river and invited the apostles back to share with her household and her community. One of the great churches of the New Testament happened because a woman who was a businesswoman, her, her, her business was purple linen, purple um, fabric. She had this amazing business. She was wealthy enough to have a house that could house the church. She was somebody that had jewel, jewel roles, if that makes sense. She had her business, but she was passionate about ministry. And what we see time and time again, this other one, which one, one mentioned in the Bible of this person, Dionysius, in Acts chapter 17, says that he was a member of the Areopagus in Athens, which is basically Capitol Hill. It says that he became a believer. And so what we're seeing, I hope you're starting to see things uh, through all of these names. They all have different roles. One's a mother to Paul. Another person is a politician who works on Capitol Hill. Another person is a businesswoman. Another person is somebody that has been out there on the coal face and has been put in prison for their faith. Every single one of these people have a purpose and a role in the kingdom of God, yet pretty much none of them work for church. They are not full-time in, in preaching roles. They are doing what God had called them to do in their workplace, in their business, in their, their place of, of, of work through the week, and they are caring for people, loving people, and advancing the kingdom. Throughout their life, they have these dual roles. You know, it is the same spirit that empowers us all. And I don't know what your life looks like right now, but what I do know is that you are graced by God. You are graced by God to advance His kingdom. And I, I just want to move away from my notes for a second and prophesy because as a church, we are moving into a new phase. It is a new day. And God is expanding us because He loves our world so much. And the world needs to know Jesus Christ. You know, in southwest Sydney, there are literally like a million more people moving to that part of Sydney. They can't build homes quick enough for people who need homes. There's not enough tradies to get the work done. There are literally a million people in southwest Sydney and how many of them know the love of God? Not enough. God loves Southwest Sydney. God loves Southwest, Western Australia. God loves Southern. God loves everywhere that there are people. And we're in a season right now where He is raising up people within Horizon Church who will go in the power of God, who will move in the power of God, who will recognise that ministry is not for the few. Ministry is for all. In fact, Ephesians 4 clearly outlines that these ascension gifts, these 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 roles of office in the church, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, that they exist, yes. But why do they exist? Is that ministry to be one of those people? Well, the Bible actually says that these gifts were given for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. We are all called to be a part of what God is doing to advance His kingdom and to see people saved and come into the life that God has for them. Now, I don't know what your life looks like. I don't know what your world looks like, but I do know that it is the same Spirit that is upon you, that is upon those that we're reading about today. You know, it's no, um, it's no secret that I'm very passionate about Horizon Leadership College. You know, that for me is something that I've been a part of since we sort of birthed the thing. And I just have had such a passion for it because this is one of our church's ways of making sure that people can be equipped for the call of God on their life. And I love the diversity of people that come through our college. We're talking at night, we've got night college classes and we have had young and old, we have had people that have you know just finished school to people who are well into their retirement age in these rooms, learning about God, being activated in the purposes of God. One of the things that we designed intentionally is our internship program. The internship program is because we recognise that the call of God is on so many people and there needs to be a place to develop and strengthen and help people rise into the purposes of God. And we have had young people, I mean, even this year we've got one intern, she's a mum of two and a business owner and she's there in our internship, giving God a year of her life and I'm watching her be transformed before my eyes and I'm watching her become who God's called her to become and I love it. I love these environments because it's not just about the few who stand on a platform that are doing ministry. It is about the people of God who say, I have a call. I am on fire and I have the anointing. I'm going to move in the power that God has called me to move in. Have you ever heard of a place called Antioch? <laughs> you know, Antioch is really like when you read the Bible, one of the, the centres of Christianity of the early church. It became an absolute key place for the purposes of God and for the expansion of the gospel and for the church that we are now a part of and for for the power of God moving beyond Jerusalem. You see, what's amazing is Paul and Barnabas, it was from Antioch that they were called. The Holy Spirit at Antioch set them apart for a particular work and they prayed and they sent them. It's from Antioch that Paul based his missionary endeavours into these parts of the world to spread the gospel. You know, it was at Antioch, the Bible says, that they were first called Christians. Anyone else, sorry, does anyone call themselves a Christian around here? Do you know, we got that name from Antioch. That was where they were first recognised as Christ ones, as little Jesuses. (laughs) We became Christians because in Antioch, there was such a move of God. It was like this place was anointed, the ministry, the leadership, the number of people who were graced and anointed and sent. It was a hub of activity for the Kingdom of God. So much happened in Antioch. But do you know who planted it? The Holy Spirit. He really did. And do you know who He used to plant the church? Neither do I. In fact, this is all we know about those who first went into Antioch. In Acts chapter 11, verse 9 and 21, it says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Now we don't know their names, but we know that the hand of the Lord was with them. Everything that flowed out of Antioch began because a few people were obedient to what God asked them to do. And they didn't need glory. They didn't need recognition. They didn't need to be known. They just wanted to serve God as He had called them to serve Him. And as they were obedient and did what God called them to do, man, bang! church begins in Antioch that becomes this incubator of leaders that has reached the further stretches of the world. All because some nameless people, people that we don't know, but God knows, said yes and stepped up when they were prompted. Are we willing to be nameless? Are we willing, church, to be nameless? To just do what God has told us to do. He has graced us and He has given us gifts, there is an assignment that God has for your life and it doesn't look like the person to your left or to your right or in front or behind. It is unique, but it is the same Spirit that gives these gifts. Our hunger, our desire needs to be, God, what is it you have for me? What is it that you, if we all just did what God called us to do, you not worry about what the person next to us was called to. Didn't worry about what the person or people around us were called to. If we just were like, God, what is it that You've called me to? What is the gift of God on my life? I wanna know and I wanna run in it. Man, this is when the church goes. The key to our future is not in the few who are known, but in the many who are called by God and respond with a yes to whatever it is He says. Those who say, to God be the glory. Yeah. Can you say that? You know, the only safe way to be known by people <laughs> is to not need to be known by people. But When we need to be known, when we need to be recognised for what we're doing for God and want people to recognise, we want to be, man, we've got some work to do in our hearts. When we just go, To God be the glory. When we live like that, man, there is no end to what God can do. There's this famous quote by a man, and he says, it is amazing what you can accomplish if you do not care who gets the credit. And it's a great quote, and it's so true. And I was thinking about it in our context, and I really feel this. Along the same vein as this, it's amazing what we can accomplish for the kingdom of God if we only care that God gets the glory. Imagine if we could step out of the way and just God go. This is the, the Holy Spirit, he, he pours out His favor, His provision, His blessing, open doors. You know, Paul Paul was promised that you will stand before Caesar. And so he went through shipwrecks, he went through prison. He got st- like beaten within an inch of his death. He honestly, honestly, they, he got so ruined once by people throwing stones at him that they said they dragged him out thinking he was dead. You gotta be pretty messed up for people to believe you're dead. But then they went, they prayed, up he comes. And he just knew if God's with me and I'm just doing what God's called me to do, then I will see the promises of God fulfilled. When God is with us and we are just like whatever you want, God, there is no end to what is possible. To God be the glory. If I could just ask everyone, if you're able, just to stand to your feet, I might ask the band to come back up and we are just about to finish this service. But before we do, I want to pray for some people because as I was preparing this message, I really got three groups of people on my heart to pray for when it comes to this idea of knowing what it is God's called us to and walking in the power of God. You know, the first group are those, and it's like you got no idea. (laughs) It's like you come to church and you love God and, you know, you want God's kingdom to move forward, but there is no sense of purpose. There is no sense of direction. There is no sense of what it is God's gifted you for. I'm gonna be praying for you in this next moment that the Holy Spirit would fall on you. Because in Acts chapter two, Jesus said, wait, wait until I send the Spirit. Because when the Spirit comes, He is gonna give you power and He is gonna anoint you. And you are gonna be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I am going to give you a mission And I'm going to give you the power through the Holy Spirit when it falls on you and something is going to ignite in your heart. I'm going to pray that for you as I pray out in faith that God would, boom, ignite something in your heart, a hunger for Him, a a desire for Him, a leaning in towards Him. And I'm telling you over the next weeks and months, as you lean in, as you read in the Scriptures, you're going to begin to get stirred and the passions that God has called you to and the gifts that He's got in you are going to start to be activated and you're going to start to find some direction. Something's going to be ignited this morning. Second group of people are those who know what it is to sense the call of God, know what it is to have a burning desire to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But if you're honest, the flame has died down to some embers. You know it's there, but it's just, and Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God that was that was given to you when I laid my hands upon you. And I'm gonna pray for those that have the embers of a call and embers of direction and embers of the purposes of God in your life. That right now, as I pray, whoosh, the wind of the Spirit would come and whoosh, would activate it and you start to see flames again, rise up, and dreams start to be rekindled and fire return to your Spirit. And finally, I'm gonna pray for those who you know, you are on mission right now. You feel like you're in the zone right now. Well, Jesus calls you to run. You know, when Joshua was appointed leadership, he was, he was graced for it. The Bible says that on him was the spirit of leadership. But what did God say when, when God met with Joshua? He said, be strong and courageous. I am with you. And I believe that this morning, for those that are feeling the fire, God is gonna say, go, courage, run. I am with you. And so right now, why don't you just close your eyes across this place? And I'm gonna pray. And when I finish praying, we're gonna, sing some worship. We're going to lean right in and I just want to encourage you to come down the front and I want to encourage you to press in and I want to encourage you to say yes to God. I'm going to encourage you to respond in faith that you would be one of those people moving in power whether people know your name or not. So God, we thank You and honour You for all that You are doing in our church. We thank You for Your heart, for this broken world, that there is not a single person You do not love, that You do not care about, that You do not want to reach, God. And as we choose to lay down our life and say yes, God, whether we're known or unknown, God, we say yes. And I thank You that right now, as our heart comes before You in humility, that You would activate the gifts of the Spirit that are given that each one of us would begin to realise what it is You've shaped us for, whether it's being a mother to someone like Paul, whether it's being a business owner who resources the Kingdom, whether it is a preacher who goes forth and declares the Word, that You would activate and stir the gifts of God that are given by the Spirit. We pray, God, that You would ignite something in the hearts of those who are desiring it this morning as they wait on You. We pray, God, for those whose dream has died, God, whose, whose fire has grown dim, the embers of the call are sitting there. We fan them into flame. With the power of Your Spirit, God, the wind of Your Spirit, breathe again on it, God. Fan into flame, God, the gifts that are upon their life and let them again begin to dream and believe for the things of God to come to pass in their life and through their life. And finally, God, for those who right now know They know what it is that You've called them to and they are running. God, we pray for courage. We pray for encouragement, God, to get behind them, God, strength and stamina to overcome the trials, overcome the challenges. And we declare right now Your power to be upon them. Lord, that everywhere we go, You go and that You would be constantly at work in Jesus' wonderful Name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.